Give me a T. Give me an O. Give me an M. Give me another M. Give me a Y. What does it spell? Tommy. So we are at the Tennis Tragic. It is Thursday morning, January 23rd. We are in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, just slept through some good apocalyptic weather, as Melbourne is becoming famous for. You want to see some really eerie skies and maybe get blown around by 50 mile per hour winds? Just drop by for a week. Might happen. Um, the rain's very good. The rain was good. The rain has good benefits, so I guess it is something to be thankful for. And uh, yesterday we didn't get trapped by it. It was just uh, it was just a feature. But also we had tickets on Margaret Court Arena, um, also known as Margaret River Court Arena or Yvonne Goolagong Arena or um, what was it? Uh, Noble Wombat. Noble Wombat Arena, which is probably the best of them all, and we should just lean into that one. Um, yeah, and yesterday was uh, was really good. It was sort of the opposite of the prior day, where it was just madness, and the grounds were teeming, and there were ninety plus matches scheduled. Yesterday, uh, we all kind of rocked up a little late. Uh, some of us later than others. I needed to take a little, you know, health break and do some things for myself. And uh, I basically just saw, I only saw one match on the grounds, but it was a great match. Um, Alex and I walked in at the same time uh, for Tommy Paul versus Grigor Dimitrov, which I don't think we had a lot of expectations for, but ended up being pretty great. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, I thought I thought that was going to be. I thought that could have been a straight sets win for Dimitrov. I just because I don't really know where Paul's been playing, where Tommy Paul's been playing, or his recent results, or even his ranking. We looked it up during the match, and it was it was currently ranked eightieth. Um, but it was he won the first two sets, and then it was okay, game on. And Dimitrov came out, and yeah, from there, from there, it was on. Really, it was it was on from the start. It was a great match all from from the moment we walked in. It was yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, Tommy Paul, I mean, I just am aware of him because he's an American and, you know, I get, like, I watch American tennis coverage, so um, I knew that he had, he was a French Open juniors champion, um, and I had forgotten this, but uh, he beat Taylor Fritz in that, uh, in that junior final, junior boys final, and then uh, at the U.S. Open, I think the same year, Taylor Fritz beat, beat him in the final. So they're kind of like equivalent up-and-comers at a certain point in their careers and Fritz had a little bit more of an early moment and kind of, you know, um, has established himself more on the tour. Uh, and we were trying to figure out like what is, you know, we were just trying to guess what Tommy Paul was ranked. I thought maybe he was up around 50 but then I realized he couldn't, he didn't have any results that I could remember and uh, you looked it up, Alex, and discovered he was around 80, I guess, in the world. Yeah. Never been past the second round of a slam until now. He won the match yesterday. Um, and, yeah, I didn't really... I couldn't have described his play style, but he was actually really kind of wonderful to watch. Like, it was just... And just a really interesting contrast between the two players who both had a lot of variety and seemed like they were constantly kind of probing each other and pushing each other around the court. And when they would get into rallies, like there's just some really magical kind of exchanges, you know, lots of slice and, you know, um, really clever shots into the corner and great defense from both of them. Yeah, big time. Just getting retrieving balls that were already behind them multiple times throughout a rally it was really impressive from both of them. Yeah. 
And I think it was also good because it wasn't a serve-dominated match. I mean, Paul was impre- serving really impressively at times, um, but, uh, you know, the, the, there were a number of breaks of serves and big swings of momentum. I mean, I remember the first set went to a tie break, and Dimitrov was up four to one in that break or two, which was a double mini break. So he had a big advantage. It kind of seemed like, ah, oh, maybe Paul kind of blew his chance. Um, and, uh, and then kind of clawed his way back in, which happened multiple times in the match. Um, you know, Dimitrov hit this, got this, hit this ridiculous let cord winner. It seemed like the ball hit the middle of the net yeah. and somehow climbed over and won the point. And then Grigor double faulted on the following serve, which... You know, at the time I was like, ah, oh, it's just... To me, that indicated something about Grigor, which wasn't really fair, but I, I just felt like he doesn't... You know, he, he's like maybe too nice, you know? Like, it was like he didn't, like, seize that moment, just like, all right, I'm going to step on his neck right now. Which was just, he double-faulted a bunch in that match. I think double-digit double-faults. Was it? Yeah, right. And, um, you know, so that kind of gave uh, Paul a little bit breathing room, and he got, he got his way back in and won the, won the breaker. Um, and yeah, just big swings of momentum. I mean, even down to the very end, uh, the final set, Dimitrov was up a, a break and serving for, um, serving for it. He had 30 love. And then I think Paul won, you know, what was it? Five points in a row to, um, take it to, a to take the game and, and take it to a breaker. Um, and, uh, yeah, just played really impressively throughout. So it's just nice to like really sit with a match for four hours and, take it in in that way because I felt like the day before it was just chaos and always switching and couldn't get the rhythm of anything and this time I was just like really locked in and focused um you came to the match a little bit later Matt what, what were your thoughts on on Paul and Dimitrov well I was happy that Dimitrov took it to a fifth set because I would have got to see no tennis pretty much that's, uh, that's how later got to the ground um yeah I don't know I it was a really high quality match, wasn't it? Um, and I was impressed by the variety of shots from both players. Um, like uh, Tommy Paul has this aggressive forehand slice that I don't think many players use. Um, sometimes he was a bit Nick Kyrgios um, casual style mm. with, with the way he employed that shot. Um, very casual, like a, yes, very casual at times. Um, he like walked, he walked around and and did a few silly shots, but ma- mostly it was extremely high quality. Grigor Dimitrov was um, getting himself out of trouble by hitting um, backhand slices really deep into the court, right into the back corner off the return, to neutralize the rally and get himself back in after a good pull serve. Um, and there was, you know, there was some really long rallies that featured a lot of play at net, um, some really good volleys. Grigor Dimitrov's single-handed backhand down the line is just a thing of beauty. Um, and I thought, I was kind of rooting for Dimitrov, um, but in the end, when Tommy Paul spoke, he sounded like a nice boy. So I was, I was happy with that. Yeah, um, yeah. it was just like so much of the match was really defined by the play. There weren't, we didn't have a lot of antics from the two players, you know, they're kind of both kind, mostly quiet personalities. Um, you know, you would see a little bit of action from them when they, you know, would win big points. But um, also the experience of being on 
um, uh, Lonely Wombat Arena. <laughs> uh, uh, noble Wombat Arena. Um, they've been so noble sharing their burrows with the other animals. Yeah, they're not so lonely, actually. They're, they've been sharing. Um, the, the experience there was really great, and also in sharp contrast to earlier in the week where it was just out on the grounds, it's really loud, people are not always paying attention to the match. People were really locked in and, and paying attention. I mean, the most noticeable noise around us was like these two kids who were like playing with a little tiny plug-in fan a lot. And that was, I was like, oh, this is kind of annoying, but compared to like drunk people yelling about things they don't you know, know anything about, yeah. it was nothing. Yeah. And I could really just pay attention. Um, you, Matt, you were mentioning how Paul had this kind of casual attitude and that was something that really struck me during the match. Um, I was thinking afterwards of, um, uh, in the NBA, there's this great player, James Harden, mm-hmm. and he, his game has often been described as an old man game because he's got this kind of deceptive slowness to it. Like he, you know, he kind of fakes people out by not, you know, he doesn't go full force and he's not, he's not this very like forceful athletic player, like a lot of the really top guys in the NBA. And he just uses kind of trickery and faking and, you know, just almost seems like he's in slow motion. And I had that feeling from Paul where he just, um, yeah, he just had this languorous attitude. Like I was like, he's not particularly quick, but he's getting to balls anyway. And yeah, that, that forehand slice, which he used really as an attacking tool, um, is unusual to see. Um, and there were times where he would employ it almost like, I've given up on the point, I'm just going to kind of whack at this thing. And, but it was actually a really good, clever shot that kind of changed the dynamics of the point. And um, yeah, it was really, really interesting match and uh, you know, kind of a deep cut, maybe something people, you know, casual fans wouldn't pay attention to, but I'm eager to kind of see how Paul does. He has uh, Fusevic in the next round, so that's a definitely winnable match, even though Fusevic has been playing great as well. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll see how, how he goes. And um, beyond that, it's Federer. Um, we, we came home and watched a little bit of Federer. <laughs> Um, there wasn't really much to talk no. about. <laughs> um, actually, before we move on from Paul, you know, so you, you started a Tommy chant a couple times, Matt, um, you know, and it did feel like the crowd was kind of warming to him as the match went on because he was an underdog and he was playing spectacularly. It wasn't like Grigor was falling apart, but I was also struck by how few, how like subdued the American crowd was. Like there clearly were some Americans and some people rooting for him for that, but there was no USA chant, you know, none of that aggro, militaristic USA, like, kind of vibe. And at some point in the middle of the match, I was almost wishing that, like, somebody would, like, break out into, um, you know, America the Beautiful. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I just, I find a lot of the thing that bothers me about the nationalist chanting and behavior is how aggro it is, you know, like, how intense and, like, yeah. angry and I was just like, oh, what if, what if somebody just sung a beautiful song and like tribute to the players? Yeah. And, um, I'd, I'd be done with that. Um, there were some Bulgarian flags for, for Grigor as well. And they were, they Definitely. were pretty nice. Those fans it was, um, all in good spirits, but I agree. Some songs about players, some clever chants. I just don't think they need to be based around what country they come from though. Yeah. Could right. be, you know, a chant about what hair color they have maybe um, <laughs> or um, like their sponsorship agreements yeah I guess that's that'd be problematic too as much as I love looking at the different fashions sure. 
I found out what um, Tennis Sangren wears, by the way. Okay. Latour. Latour. Have you looked at their line? Like, have you looked them up online to kind of see what they're all about? No, I haven't yet. Um, but uh, that's something for the next episode. We'll do right. a roundup of Latour's line of clothing. Yeah, it's interesting that somebody would like see Tennis Sangren wearing like a plain white t-shirt and be like, here's an opportunity. Um, well, one thing that I did notice that I haven't seen him play at all. He won his match yesterday against Matteo Berrettini, further smashing up Federer's quarter of the draw. And uh, I saw like a, I saw a little video of him, his victory celebration afterwards. And he's he's got the he's got like a tank top on, but you know he doesn't exactly cut the Rafa vibe. Um, you know he just he's like a little burlier and. Um, the shirt seems a little loose, you know, um, but he did this, like, uh, this, like, bicep flex. You he's know? got impressive muscles. He does have good biceps. He's got a, he, he's an interesting looking player, and I think it's because he doesn't, uh, he doesn't quite seem on the same, uh, he doesn't seem cut from the same cloth as some of the other guys, but he does extremely well here, and that was a huge win, uh, taking out a top 10 seed, uh, moving on to the third round, so, you know, good on tennis. Yeah. Um, so what else? Uh, so yeah, that we spent most of our day with that one match, and then we came home and. I scored. saw a bit of um, Bautista Gu playing against Michael Mo. Michael Mo, yes, yeah. What were your thoughts on that match? Uh, well, yeah, base, baseline rallies, um, just yeah, good quality, but I didn't get to see enough of it because it rained, and then they moved it to. Melbourne Arena or yeah, right. Melbourne Arena so it moved off court too so I didn't get to see the, then I came home and joined you guys but I, I was thinking about the the tournament how dominated it is for a spectator um, by all the advertising and promotional activities like it's, there's been some pretty hot days and if you don't bring sunscreen you want to get those free sunscreen samples from La Roche per se their goal, but they only they're such tiny samples, and they only give you two at a time, and you know it's like they're only just giving you a little bit of the drug, and so you can, so like they crack dealers or, or something, um, and then we found that a chemist on site, it's a chemist warehouse, but you go in there and they only have the expensive La Roche Posay um, sunscreen that, to to buy there. So it's like they get you. It's like it's like, like the chemist warehouse is a front. It's not a real chemist. You can even get moisturizer there. <laughs> so I think think that is like an evil high level tactic to sell their products. Well, it's almost like they are able to practice like uh, being a monopoly. It's like if the if the real world economy was such so that chemist warehouse and La Roche per se or whatever the brand is per uh, se, yeah. per se uh, like we're able to collude. And be like, we're only going to sell your product um, forever, and everybody else is cut out of the market. Like that's the the sort of like surreal alternate reality you're in on the grounds. It's actually sort of surprising to me that they are at all okay with people bringing food in, which they don't allow at the U.S. Open. That's unfair. Um, it, no, it's it's crazy, but it's also in this capitalist world where like you're paying to go to an event that's really dominated by sponsorship and and commerce. And then you have no choice but to eat the food that they provide for you. That that seems like more in line with. I th- there are certainly people who would rather that because then they could charge the vendors more because the vendors would be making more money selling to you. Yeah. So you wouldn't be able to bring in a, a, like a thermos with a nice, you know, uh, like right curry rice in it. 
yeah. um, or something that isn't, you know, just like a fried uh, protein block uh, next to some fried potato blocks. So. I, I bought some chips the other day. It's the first food item I bought. Mm. Um, $6 for a packet of chips. But other than that, the rice and tuna and spinach leaves and tomatoes, it's... Um, otherwise, yeah, I just I wouldn't be able to afford going to a week of tennis. Right. Yeah, I brought in some yogurt and blueberries and bananas and uh, you lovely. Know, like, yeah. It's really nice. Yeah, like I felt not like a, not like a you know a bag of gas um, after after eating my, my lunch, uh, which was nice. So um, anyway, we uh, we didn't see a lot on site, but it was really lovely. And then we came back home and watched on TV. Had a little bit of Thai food for dinner. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's been fun to watch with you guys at home. And we didn't see a lot of the women's matches yesterday. I don't know that anything was crazy dramatic. Uh, Wozniacki won against Yastremska, which you saw a bit of, Alex. Yeah, I saw the second set of that. It was, it was good. There's a bit of swings. Yastremska was off a break and Wozniacki came back. Uh, Yastremska had a medical timeout where she had a bit of work done on her left thigh, I think it was. Mm. Apparently, this is a thing for Yastremska. Uh, we saw it at the match against Kiki Burton's. Oh, uh, yeah. And apparently, she's done that three times against Kiki Burton's. They've played three times, and she has had a medical timeout late in every one of them. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, little dicey tactic there. Yeah, okay. Uh, but anyway. Uh, but yeah, I mean, she came out and still held her, held her own. She held her serve and maybe even got it back on serve after that or something like that. It was, you know, she didn't, it wasn't like she'd fallen away. So that would maybe give some credence to that line of thinking that it may be, anyway, don't want to speculate on whether it's a tactic or not, but sure. um, she, she played really well, they both played really well, and, and Wozniacki came through 7-5, 7-5 in the end to keep her career alive a couple more days, so it's, which is really nice, I'm, I'm, I'm behind her, if not only for that reason. So, yeah. Yeah, I um, didn't get there in time to see that match, and I'm sort of regretful that I didn't because I feel like the next one's probably going to be on Rod Laver. Uh, she's playing Ons Jabor, and uh, if she can get through that match, uh, it will probably be Serena in the fourth, which is mm. almost like I don't know if Waz has ever beaten Serena. Mm. Like, Serena tends to wipe the floor with her, but what's interesting there is that they're close friends off the court. You know, they, they just play doubles together. Uh, Serena, you know, they just seem like legitimately tight, uh, good friends. Yeah, that's what everyone says. Yeah, I feel like that makes her bad tennis watching, though. Like, it's like when Serena and Venus play each other, they like can't even look each other in, in the face. It's like they're playing against a ghost. Yeah, right. There's no atmosphere. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see if that materializes. I'm pretty sure they played a U.S. Open final at one point. Serena mm. kind of. You know, took care of things pretty easily. Um, but she still has to get past, Wozniacki still has to get past on Shabur. Right. Um, who's playing, uh, a, yeah, apparently she's a really interesting player. She comes from Tunisia and she's playing doubles today mm. with Arua Barena um, against Stosa and Perez of Australia. So that's on court seven. Might try and see that because if, if um, Jabor plays against Wozniacki, and it's on a rod label, we won't get to see it. Right, yeah. Um, well, what are you guys uh, looking for right now? It's already quarter to 11. The play is about to start. The sun actually came out, which is nice. So uh, I was thinking that, you know, potentially the outer court play was going to be delayed. Um, we have, uh, who do we have on Margaret Court first? On uh... um, We had CeCe Bellis, I think. 
Uh, no, that was on one of the show courts. We have um, Benchic and Ostapenko, which, yeah, two players I've never been a huge fan of. Really don't like Ostapenko, but Benchic is somebody I've warmed to lately, so curious to kind of see how um, how that goes. Uh, it's just nice having the seats, you know, just knowing like we can we can rock up at any time and, and get seated because the outer courts were um, were a bit packed yesterday. Like, uh, what was it? Uh, Chilich and Pear were playing a, a long five-setter, and it was just, you just had no hope of getting in there. Yeah, so. and I wanted to see Dan Evans and Nishioka, but that was full by the time I got there. They just started the match, and it was full with huge queues out the side, so no chance of that one either. Oh, yeah, and I wanted to see Carlos Suarez-Navarro. Um, she got over Sabalenka 7-6-7-6. Right. Um, on court two. But she is playing today out on... Uh, court 19 or 21. They've been putting a lot of good singles matches out there, and it's kind of surprising given that Carlos Suarez Navarro is also kind of on her final leg. And, um, yes, yeah, so last know, year. She's retiring this year, so it's weird that she, they didn't put her on a show court. Um, and they would put, like, yeah, like CC Bellas on a show court. Uh-huh. Nothing against CC Bellas, just. I'm going to get out and see Suarez Navarro for sure. The only player, woman, woman player with a single hand and backhand still on tour, so. Mm. Um, hopefully she gets over sweet tech and then can see her again on a better court who would she be uh, lining up with in the fourth round I don't know alright I'm gonna gonna have to study that draw things get a little bit more clear but she's got Sabalenka's seating now so you right, can't she... be anyone too high right yeah and today it's an unseated um, matchup so but the next round uh, it's potentially she could potentially run into somebody in the fourth yeah someone's pretty seated. tough yeah um, before we go, we should mention that we, we watched Jordan Thompson versus Fanini. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was, that was a very good match. That, that was the one that kept us up late. Like, Federer was absolutely demolishing Krajinovic, and then uh, Batista Gut had kind of, like, seized control of the Mo match, and the only one left was Jordan Thompson and Fabio Fanini. And for a minute, it didn't look like it was going to be all... Because Fabio went up two sets to love. And, uh, and then it was Jordan who kind of climbed back in. And we, we got pretty into it sitting sitting in this room and watching on TV. Um, Fabio's antics were pretty noteworthy for a number of reasons. Let's listen to what he says after the match now. I think that the Aden was more sweeted. You know why? Because I was winning two, two set to zero, then two set all. Seven six in the feet, wow, amazing. It was amazing for us to watch. You talk about being a bit of a fight. How is the uh, how is the wrist? Just show us the wrist and the yeah. It's perfect. It's perfect. I mean, I I feel good. I mean, tired for sure. <laughs> I was uh, two set to zero. I play horrible game on my serve on at the beginning of the third set. Then I have a little bit uh, you know was it was playing better. It was serving unbelievable and but it's okay. That's the sport. I want to, to match in 7-6 in the fifth, so I can be more happy than that. You've been playing a lot of tennis. What do you think it was that switched it over for you in that final set? How did you win? How did you break through? I, have, uh, I had the 75 match point, I think, and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and then, as they say, and then it's more sweetie because it's too easy winning three sets. Yeah, he he kind of like won me back over with some of that because he was just, 
ah, he just seemed like really bratty and, and aggressive. And he's doing this thing now where he punches his rag, he like throws his rag in the air and then punches it with his hand and his hand is like all raw and bloody looking. Like Yeah, it was already raw from the match before with Opelka and he continued it. I mean, there's just opened all that scar tissue back up and it was all red and raw. Did it a couple times that we saw in that match already, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a real character. Um and yeah, it came out in that post match interview for sure. Uh, I feel bad for Thompson, you know. I mean obviously he's he's Aussie so he got a lot of support locally and you know, he's he's a guy who's kinda like, you know, a middle top hundred guy, never really gone anywhere all that special at slams, but uh put in a real big fight and yeah, just couldn't couldn't get over the line in the tiebreak. Saved a ton of match points though. Yeah, it, well, yeah, he did, and he played really well on those big points. It was a great, it was a really, really great match, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder about Fanini. So the only seeds left in Rogers' draw are Fanini and Pella. And Fanini, after two long five-setters, you know, one of which took two days, yeah. you got to kind of wonder if, uh, like, how he's going to come up um, in the next match. But um, we shall see. And, uh, yeah, a lot more to look forward to today. Yeah, Popper and Munar is my pick. Hmm. I'm going to go and see that one on court three, I think it is. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, those are two fun young players, kind of different styles. That should be a good one. Mm. Um, Nick Kyrgios and Gilles Simon um, on Melbourne Arena tonight. Yeah, that's definitely a good one if you can get in. Um, not, I'm not feeling Melbourne Arena so much these days, so... Um, yeah, I'm not sure where I'm going to go. I haven't really made the plan. I kind of like just showing up and seeing what's on. You know, having the uh, having the Margaret Court access is definitely helpful. Um, so you know, there's always something to fall back on. But I feel like there's a lot of good stuff on the grounds kind of scattered throughout the day. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just kind of chase chase the action a little bit. Plenty of men's and women's doubles. Yeah, I'd like to... Yeah, I would like to make some time for doubles, especially on the show courts. I feel like once round three starts, that starts to kind of take they take over uh, courts two and three a little bit more. And uh, yeah, we should go check out some of that as the matchups get more interesting and uh, the show courts become available. Because then they also become, after the middle weekend, it can be really busy no matter what's going on. But um, And then that's it for us. Yeah. Um, yeah, unfortunately. I'm talking about next week as if we're going to be going, but that'll be it. So... Um, all right. Uh, thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, send us messages. <laughs> <laughs> we are the Tennis Tragic. We are the Tennis Tragic, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.